FisherCast, a six feet under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I am joined by my six feet undertakers, <laughs> Moira and Des. And we brought another funeral director onto the podcast. Uh, introduce yourself, please, madam. Hello, um, I'm Claire, and I'm very happy to be here. And I'm from Kingston, just like Moira. <laughs> across, different, across different, the globe. Yeah, <laughs> Kingston across the pond. Uh, <laughs> your sister city. Yep. <laughs> um, so um, interesting thing for our listeners is that this is, I got you for your very first podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brave new world. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of happy about that. I, we, I knew you were going to be guesting on the Twin Peaks podcast, but I hadn't hadn't caught yep. up with that yet. So I didn't know if you did it yet or not. But yeah, that's in two weeks, I cool. think. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be guesting on that soon too. I'm really enjoying the Ooh, rewatch yeah. there. Yeah. We got you first. We got you first. <laughs> <laughs> Please send messages to them saying that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, maybe I will. Be like, ha, Matt. Um, <laughs> So, um, I, I think without further ado, maybe we should get into the Darwin Award this week. Yay! Let's yes. do. <laughs> All right, the Darwin Award for this week is called Electric Bathtub Blues. This is from, actually, 1978 in France. Um, the singer Claude Francois, whose stellar career can be compared to that of Elvis Presley, popularized rock and roll music in France. As a matter of fact, if you, you can actually look up a Wikipedia page of him, and all he pretty much does is sing American rock and roll songs in French. That's <laughs> pretty much what he's based his career on, it seems. Um, one, one evening, he returned to his Paris apartment from a busy touring schedule and ran a bath. While standing in the filled tub, he noticed a light bulb that wasn't straight and <laughs> tried to straighten it. And yeah, au revoir, Claude. Duh. <laughs> wow. All right. So let's get on to our open casket viewing. Season one, episode five, an open book. The sudden death of a porn star brings new business to the Fisher family and all sorts of challenges, including the rebalancing of an off-kilter breast enhancement. In an effort to reach out to her daughter, Ruth invites Claire to meet their cousins and experience a different kind of mother-daughter relationship. Nate gets to meet the rest of Brenda's intense family at a dinner with her psychiatrist parents and has a near-nude run-in with her brother Billy. David is invited to become deacon at the family church, but this creates new tensions with Keith. Written by Alan Ball and directed by... So we uh, start off with our our death of the week, Vivica St. John, who is an aging porn star and uh, seems a bit lonely because she's talking all sexy and stuff about who she's going to bang and whatever, and she's actually talking to her cat, Tito. <laughs> As far as crazy cat ladies go, though, I think she seems quite happy with her lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, she's seen it all, done all the men. <laughs> this is why I hate cats, okay? Oh. They oh. really are all about your demise. I, I really <laughs> fully believe this. What? And interrupting podcasts. Luckily, yes. both of mine are out <laughs> right now, so... I don't know. I think some little kitties can be wonderful little pets, Robin. I don't have one, but no, you know, I'm, just can't. Well, I'm just saying. Tito is a freaking idiot, okay? <laughs> this is what cats do. They jump on the surfaces and they knock stuff over constantly. And uh, Tito is And then no lick exception. their paws afterwards in satisfaction at your demise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they straighten or, their whiskers. Or, <laughs> yes, yeah. Perhaps a complete unconcern for your demise, one or the other. Oh. Yeah. You know, every time the show, I start watching the show and it starts with, you know, not the Fishers, but whatever the death of the week's going to be, I'm, I'm just sitting there kind of cringing, waiting for <laughs> the death. I just, I hate that part of the show so much. I'm like, what's it going to be this week? Is it going to be something horrible? Oh, my God. Is it like a horror movie to you? Yes. Because <laughs> I never know what it's going to be, you know, at first. And it's like, oh, is she going to slip and hit her head in the tub? Or, you know, and then, oh, it just, it's. Oh, it's okay. Crazy. But this time, as soon as I saw her plug in the, the curlers, mm-hmm. I knew. I, I did. Like, 
Yep. I'm like, oh, she's going to get electrocuted. I just didn't I know it would be death by cat. I was so stressed <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> um, okay, so we uh, start off this episode uh, with David at church with his mom, and uh, he's caught the eye of a choir boy, it seems. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and outside the church, uh, Father Jack talks to David about becoming a deacon and asks him about where where he's been. He's This is his family church, but he isn't usually there and he says he's been at St. Stephen's and Father Jack seems to get it when he says West Hollywood, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what he really needed to say was West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so since Nate Sr. was a deacon, um, Father Jack thinks it would be great to have um, David as a deacon. Um, outside the church also, David runs into uh, Motormouth there. <laughs> Uh, Tracy Montrose Blair. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Poor Tracy. Did you guys oh. notice that later in the episode she introduced herself just as Tracy Blair? Yes, but I did notice that. She said oh. Tracy Montrose Blair, and I thought, oh, mm-hmm. that's weird. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that before. Weird. Um, what do you got, so, so Des, you you said poor Tracy. Are you, you actually feeling some sort of sympathy for her? A little bit, but I think I might talk about that next episode more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Um, David starts, uh, rejecting her advances, uh, saying he has a girlfriend, he has, um, and, uh, yeah, Ruth says, uh, she seems nice. <laughs> David says she seems nuts. I know. I love yeah. that as a, as a perfect little summary of Tracy. She seems nuts. She's a little nuts. Mm. Yeah, she is. And, uh, we begin the, uh, uh, master manipulation of, uh, Brenda here at the Chenoweth family home where uh brenda is in the pool and gets nate in the pool and they're messing around and she actually says uh she's an open book when nate says he's a little scared that he doesn't really know her very well yeah i noted that i put that in quotes and i Mm. kind of put little ironic notes around it Mm. ironic symbols thinking oh you're so not an open book brenda (laughs) Uh, maybe she is (laughs) In which I think we... this episode's definitely a turning point in the story of Brenda. Yes, yeah. it changed my opinion of her. I, mm. I've been uh, I've been waiting for this to come on. I've been kind of uh, milking <laughs> the mystery of Brenda with the uh, with Moira and Des so far. But uh... well, we asked for backstory on her, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So yes, we got it. yes, we did. Um, Bernard and Margaret Chenoweth show up, and uh, <laughs> I love how they just kind of sit down <laughs> by the pool and politely chat with him while he's. Clearly, like probably mid arousal, <laughs> and, and he look it, the looks they're giving him are completely as if he's an experimental object, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're, it's like they're a little kooky. Oh, a little Wait, did, didn't aren't they like uh, psychologists or psychiatrists? Psychiatrists. Yeah. yeah, that explains mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and I also like how like Nate's just sitting there in the pool alone because Brenda just totally left him there. Uh, <laughs> he yeah. just gets out of the pool, and walks away. Yeah, she abandons him to his fate with her parents, doesn't she? And they just continue to observe him as well. Mm-hmm. I, I actually assumed he was completely nude, and that's why he was hesitant to get out of the pool. Uh, yeah. But well, he, he came over there. I don't think he had a swimsuit, so I'm pretty sure no. he took off everything and got in. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. So. I wasn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> I was. You averted your eyes, did you? Like, no! No! Uh, <laughs> And we go to the school where Claire and Ruth are meeting with Claire's new counselor, Gary Deitman. And Claire mentions that she doesn't think her family was ever happy, which kind of bothers Ruth. Ruth uh, says that there, you know, she's uh, she used to be a teenager in a two room apartment over a barber shop, taking care of her grandmother with amputated <laughs> legs. Oh god, life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like buck up, cupcake. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes adults are dumb. But Just because you had it worse when you were mm-hmm. young doesn't mean that your child doesn't find that they have it bad, you know? Yeah. Yep, and that therapist made the quickest exit I've ever seen from a therapy session. <laughs> well, she said he was like, he yeah. was covering five schools. That's right. kind of how it works these days. I get I know, that impression. Like, the, the school nurses uh, around here, there's like one school nu- nurse for a whole bunch of schools and they travel around. And then they have like the little assistant nurses who are there every day, but they can't really do much of anything. Mm-hmm. 
I just I thought it was amusing. It's like he gave them their homework and said, "All right, now <laughs> off Spend I go." Some time together and yeah, and some you know schedule some time. And it it was actually probably good advice, but it just was amusing to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like visiting a doctor in the U.S. You get five minutes and then you're done. I was gonna say yeah. I don't know if I maybe I could take tips from this guy and learn how to make quicker exits. <laughs> then you'll be like a real you just U.S. Sort of doctor. fireman's pole, Moira. <laughs> and I could, and then maybe a superhero's cape too. What do you yes. think? <laughs> anyway, someone's got Comic Con on the brain. Uh, <laughs> you said you weren't going to bring that up. I'm not bringing it up. BitterCon, BitterCon, BitterCon. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Next scene, um, uh, we get to meet the the illustrious Larry Wad. Uh, <laughs> I love the name. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that name, yeah. Oh, that was the guy who was uh, doing the funeral for the porn star? Yes. That's yeah. porn okay. star's... I didn't catch his name. And he kind of fills David in on uh, the Vivica's history that she's actually a star, and David just is clueless. <laughs> and it's priceless, the look on his face. Yes. I can't remember what he says exactly, but something about, oh, yes, she was very talented, or whatever he says. Then <laughs> yeah. he was a big fan, I think, of her. And that was... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we go downstairs to Rico uh, telling Nate to feel Vivica's breasts. <laughs> Which I need to point out something because oh my after, God. after seeing these completely asymmetrical breasts that were pointing north and south, right, in terms of their nipple alignment, <laughs> I, I went back and was watching the opening sequence where Vivica dies. And I'm telling you, her breasts were lovely and symmetrical in that bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was fine. So. And they were they were sliding down the side of her in a really uh, <laughs> not good way. It was just tr- ugh, freaking me out. But still, it's amusing for the point of the story. But just to give yes. the actors credit, you know, those weren't her breasts well, is what I'm trying well, to say. Well, you know, could it be decomposition? That, that No, no. That is a bad breast. It's a bad breast job where the, the implant's gotten encapsulated and hardened and it's shifted. Hmm. And, and I have felt some, so trust me, it's not fun. It's not pretty. <laughs> Moira goes around grabbing women's boobs. <laughs> hey, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> now I forget, like, who, who, who's the one that has, uh, was it both Nate and Rico talking to David about yeah. all the different yes. films she was in? Oh, yes. yes. They yeah, were yeah. bonding Including over it. The snake charmer, apparently, according to the obituary. <laughs> <laughs> when um, when uh, Nate walks in, when Rico's working on her and he's carrying that box and trying to yes. figure out where to put it. Did you notice what it says on the box? Oh. Living Splendor. Yeah, Living Splendor. Quote, firm dry cavities every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of those made up products that they did the commercial Absolutely. For product, product placement. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, David scolds Nate and says he wants, he, no matter who the person was, <laughs> it should have some dignity and, uh, and he also should be a more example. And, for Rico, and he's getting tired of being the spoil sport. Mm-hmm. That was kind of them. cute, actually. I know how he feels. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to be the grown up all the time, Des? <laughs> yes, because I'm the only adult in my household with two children. So if I'm not the adult, no one is. So yeah, I always get to be the spoil sport. <laughs> um, next, we see. Um, well, there's a little scene where. Bernard and Margaret called me, but we'll get to that. Um, Claire uh, playing some video games, and Ruth asks Claire to watch some videos with her, and they, she talks about the fun times they used to have at movies, and Claire, of course, just totally is negative about it and saying, I remember seeing a bunch of bad movies. And uh, Ruth uh, rented Runaway Bride and The Nutty Professor. Good time. Like, I thought it was kind of sweet the way Ruth just stuck to her guns and... You know, Try, trying to bond with Claire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys know what what show David and Keith were watching? By the way. Yes, Oz. Yeah. Right. Yep. I never watched it, but I could. Oh, I I've seen that I could show. Tell. Yeah. You mentioned it, and it's like he's like when you came to Oz or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it is basically a show that takes place in prison. It's it's an earlier HBO show. It might have been going on at the same time as Six Feet Under. But uh, yeah, there is lots of man-on-man stuff because it's. Oh, I have to watch it now. It's a prison. It's actually a really good show. It's really violent and a lot of man-on-man action. My brother said it was really good. He watched it. Yeah. I just never got to. That's where I a first. A friend of mine's always recommending it to me as well. So yeah, it's it, on it, my to-watch list. It's very gritty. Um, it's actually the first place that I 
uh, remember seeing Harold Perrineau. As a matter of fact, he played um, he played like kind of like the center of the show. Um, like in, he was in a wheelchair, and I don't know. He always said something wise to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's just funny that you know. I, I was like, ah, oh, of course, David and Keith are watching us. <laughs> Not only is it an HBO plug, but, you know, it's the only, like, HBO show other than this that had, like, a lot of gay stuff on it, you know? But... Um, they all do now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, they're they're talking about how David's um, going to be a deacon, and Keith's actually impressed with how how well he's taking his religion seriously, and um, but of course the, the talk of the gay policeman's fireman's ball comes up again. And, uh, I got, I got to tell you, that just seems like a hoot. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why David's so resistant. It just seems like a yeah. really fun time. Not only I want to go. Not only is a gay fireman and policeman are like, these two jobs that are normally as like merely manly men. So yeah, I'm just thinking a lot of like carpenters cracks and, uh, you know, like really overweight, hairy guys. But uh, also uh, that they, they call it a ball. <laughs> it just intrigues my imagination. I don't know if we ever get to see the gay policeman fireman's ball on this show, but I, I, I don't know. It just seems We like, can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> it will never live up to our expectations. Absolutely not. But I thought Keith was lovely and supportive in that scene. Yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, in that scene. In, exactly. Compared to yeah. later on. Just right. about... Only in that scene. Mm-hmm. We cut to uh, uh, Ruth uh, regretting the movie that she rented. <laughs> There's lots of farting going on. Uh-huh. That must have been the Nettie Professor, right? Yeah. The runway bride. I that on TV last night in um, in the UK, and um, about uh, we got about five minutes in, and I was crying with laughter, basically. <laughs> Not at the movie, unfortunately, but thinking about the reference to, yeah. to uh, Ruth watching it. Ruth watching it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Ruth tries to have a little heart to heart with Claire that she worries about her because of the whole foot incident. And, um, Claire kind of gives her the whole rundown and kind of flips out about it. And well, she, she, I mean, she tumbles out her entire confession about yeah. everything from being sexually active to the whole toe sucking incident. Right. Yep. All in about, I don't know, one minute. So that's a lot <laughs> she, for Ruth to take in. <laughs> she probably really needed to get that off her chest. She doesn't seem so. like she has too many people to, um, excuse me, to open up to. Mm-hmm. So it was probably something she needed to to say. But, you know, her poor mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was really pleased, though, that she did it. I just thought, great, at least they've got this. Um, this honesty now, you know, they've got mm-hmm. a sort of a level playing field. And she really did tell her mom everything. She explained why she stole the foot. She told her her motives. I, mean, I actually thought that was yeah, know, pretty pretty cool, you know, pretty sweet. So. It's nice when, you know, people can uh, talk to each other on TV and tell each other what's going on instead of keeping everything secret. Oh. But then like Ruth afterwards. Like TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That we won't mention. But Ruth exactly. looks so bewildered afterward. Like the look yes. on Ruth's face, she's so kind of it's, lost. You it's know? been a long time since Ruth was that age. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's probably just hard for her to recall exactly, you know, what it is like to be 17 and have, you know, all these crazy feelings and these things that happen to you that are like so major. And even though later it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. So it's probably just tough for her to remember that so much. Well, I also think this is like probably like the first time she's really had to deal with it. I'm sure David was a boy. David was a Boy Scout, and Nate mm-hmm. probably just like ran away before he got too bad. You know, he she did. Oh, I can't. Say well, Nate about probably that. did. Everything. <laughs> I almost spoiled you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, no spoilers. Yeah, no. I, I, I think Nate probably just hid everything that he did. He was enough <laughs> to hide it. She didn't know, right? Uh, but yeah, she says the wrong thing to Claire by saying, by immediately zoning in on the fact that she had sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of being supportive about how the the you know toe sucking incident and the betrayal made her feel, right? She yeah. zoned in on the wrong thing. Yes, but as a parent of a teenage daughter, Moira, you and mm-hmm. I, who's would, seventeen, would yes. you are you would you not have zoned in on that same thing? Would you have? <laughs> would that not immediately have? Stuck out in your head, yeah. Of course, of yeah. course. You just don't want to, um, yeah. You know. Go, oh yeah, I didn't mean it critically. It, but... I didn't mean it critically. Yeah. I just meant. In, in fact, just... it was quite realistic. But right, it, it was like this opportunity in a way for them to, I don't know, bond yeah. a little more. And it, uh, yeah. I mean, I see why it went south, but yeah. Whatever. 
Um, yeah, so Nate shows up at the Chenoweths with some wine and finds out Uh, that Brenda's not showing up. (laughs) Having been, right, having previously been ambushed on the phone by the two of them, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're just truly master manipulators. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just like their daughter, apparently. Claim to them. Yeah, it's to them. Master manipulator. And I see that. Yeah, she is. Hmm. And they're analyzing him. When he arrives... Um, what's her name? Margaret Chenoweth, played by Joanna Cassidy. I kind of enjoy her. Yeah. Anyway, she's analyzing Nate. Yeah, she's analyzing Nate yeah. so openly, you know, in terms of the choice of what alcohol he picks and and yeah. everything. It's he really is under the microscope. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they don't realize how um, how that you know feels to have that done to you. It's very yeah. off-putting. It's very, you know what I mean? I, well, I, oh, I don't know if they don't realize or if they just really don't care. Right. They, I, yeah, they I mean, must probably don't care. I just wrote in my notes, they said they're creepily prying, interfering, and pushy. Yeah. Yes. I didn't like them. Nope. My, my favorite thing about this entire scene, um, which is a bit random, is that the music they're playing in the background that comes back later, I think, in Nate's dream, is the Humming Chorus by Puccini. Um, from Madam Butterfly, but oh. the thing that I most associate that music with, because it's quite distinctive, is that it was used in the final sequence of a film called Heavenly Creatures, and it's basically when the two leads are luring their victim to their victim's doom, oh. and it just oh. makes me laugh every time because it feels like <laughs> it's exactly what they're doing to Nate. Because they're basically treating him just like a little lab rat. And well, they're like, yeah, they're like two. No, they're two spiders spinning their web, mm-hmm. aren't yeah, they? Yeah. That's a great yeah. movie, by the way. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we quickly go over to uh, David, who is being interviewed by I don't know what what to call him, the head minister. Mm, uh, well, I don't they're know. I don't know. It's a Catholic church, isn't yeah. it? Aren't they, aren't they fathers and priests? So, I don't know. He's, uh, are, um, I don't know. I looked for I him in the cast credits time. and uh, on IMDb couldn't find him. But hmm. um, yeah, so he's concerned that. David uh, might just be there to pr- promote his business. And uh, you guys have the lines from this. This is one of my favorite lines of the episode. Nobody. Which line? Um, <laughs> David says that would be a grave sin. Oh, the pun. Yeah. And Father Jack says no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, the head minister or priest or whatever says uh, anything else I should know. Mm-hmm. Mm. So are we assuming then that Father Jack is probably gay? Um, I kind of get that sense. I, I get that sense too. <laughs> mm-hmm. My gaydar was alerted. <laughs> yeah, my gaydar is horrible though. So <laughs> I, I believe mine goes off. Definitely seeing Father Jack. Wait, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Then we've decided Father Jack is gay. Yeah, and even that you know just just the fact that he's asked David to become deacon and he's not like really analyzing. David, in that respect, I think maybe he, you know, might want somebody mm-hmm. of the same um, persuasion. Yes. Not yes. for like dating purposes, but just no, like, right. Just, um, he looks past to have that. somebody there who, um, also in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ruth bursts in on Claire and says they're going to San Bernardino to visit their, <laughs> uh, her cousin Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to, mm-hmm. uh, Margaret talking to Nate about Brenda. She says that uh, she's a master manipulator. Right. Where Brenda's concerned, there are no coincidences. That's her line. Mm. Mm. That doesn't surprise me. And we get to hear what this Nathaniel tattoo might be about. Mm -hmm. Um, Nathaniel and Isabel is a book that Brenda read. She could read it at the age of three, by the way. Um, She read to her brother when he was a baby now no i think it was four robin <laughs> oh really no <laughs> it was not, three was it three the lady yeah. with 185 iq brenda yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it sound, that book sounded very much like the plot of um do you know you guys know the lemony snicket books yeah, with the yeah, Blair kids that in my notes. <laughs> yeah that's what it sounded like to me sound like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um and then they sort of uh um mentioned another book that just that that, that was uh written about her um Mm-hmm. Yeah, later. Um, yes. We cut over to uh, the Gilmore Girls. Uh, <laughs> That's so perfect. Oh my god! That. that was oh. Mrs. Petrelli. Yes. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Christine Rose or whatever Christine her name Rose, is. Christine Rose, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Claire and Ruth are, are with Hannah and Ginny, uh, watching Gilmore Girls eating KFC, and they're talking about how awesome their spinning class is. <laughs> and I, I just wrote down, oh, ick, 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 ick. They have yes. a crush on the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look now, um, I, I, I understand that compared to you know our. Um, our usual, you know, Ruth and, and Claire, they're like, um, oh, give me a break. They're Saccharin. annoying. But you know they're what? Sac- Skylar and I are kind of like that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we we watch shows together and, you know, we still, we like some of the same actors and stuff. We don't have a crush on any guys in real life the same. Okay. But, you well, know, that, that's a little different. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we're, we're like... We're not really pals because, you know, you can't be pals with your, you know, mother, daughter. But, you know, we do a lot of things together and we spend a lot of time together and we enjoy hanging out with each other. So, you know, all of that's good. It's just I don't think you're drippy and saccharine. (laughs) I am definitely not drippy and saccharine. No, (laughs) no, not at all. And in the scene, we see Claire is uh, a, a bit annoyed at the whole situation, but Ruth is almost like excited, like, wow, this is the kind of relationship I could have with my daughter, you know, like, look, Claire, see, see, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. at least at first. Yeah, well, at least initially, perhaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> not not for the entire time. Right. Uh. Uh, now we get uh showdown at Brenda's apartment. Uh, Nate's pretty pissed off. And, um, I would be too. Yeah. What'd you guys think about this scene? Well, she, she says to him at the beginning, you know, um, what do you want? A well-behaved little nothing that never challenges you. And I just thought, oh, you're again, you're full of it. This isn't about, uh, you being challenging to him or, or, you know, him expecting somebody who would just be boring and simple. Um, this is about you not being open with him and not trusting him and not letting him in. So don't turn around and make it about Nate, Brenda. This is about your behavior. But I can understand when she says that, you know, most people, when most people find out this stuff about her, they're, you know, they, they, they pretty much take off. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something in her past that has caused relationships to be over before. So, of course, she's going to be hesitant to, you know, bring that up. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time as well that we see some real vulnerability from her in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From what I remember, I, I can't remember yes. before this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her much better. Which is better, quite refreshing. Yeah. Well, yeah. after, um, yes, after they have that moment of hugging where she sort of says, um, you know, can I trust you? And he, he basically says, yes, you know, should I trust you? That's it. And he says, yes. And then they, they hold each other. Um, I think for me at that point, I felt a lot more empathy toward her because I thought, in previous podcasts, we've talked about how we were trying to figure out if she's just got a whole lot of layers and a lot of and a big facade, right? Mm-hmm. So you see that yes, she does, and that there is a fairly valid reason for it. So yeah, I um, can understand where some of her defensiveness was, but it still bothers me the way she um, has played him so much. So well, I understand her better now and so i don't hate her as much um she yeah okay she's a genius and apparently on tv geniuses like that like to play with people like alice and luther luther um you know and yes (laughs) awesome but um you know she's just i guess you know just trying to keep herself amused because she's so much smarter than everybody else but she really has been through a lot and mm-hmm. you know she's had a tough life you i mean imagine that that sounds like a really really tough childhood that she had so i kind of give her a little bit more of a break now yeah it sounds like she, does, she does say um i think i've got it written somewhere um, it was something about it's the law of physics that the very act of observation changes mm-hmm. that which is being observed. Something yes. like right. that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good. Yes, one. that was quite poignant. That did make me feel mm. sorry for her. Nate mm. asked again. Nate asked her, and not again, but uh, did you burn down the house? And uh, she doesn't exactly answer that question, does no. she? <laughs> I still think she did. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're uh, back to the Brady Bunch, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they play some Scrabble. But uh, the more important part of the scene is how Hannah seems to know all about 
uh, what Ruth is going through and oh. seems to equate it to what mm-hmm. Ruth went through. And even though Ruth says, but he, he didn't, he didn't die. He left you. That made me so mad. I mean, how could you ever equate a divorce with the death of your husband? I mean, they are totally separate things. I know there's loss involved in both, but no, that Ruth is right. You know, I mean, she could see her ex-husband again. He can be there for his daughter's wedding and to meet his grandchildren. It's really not the same thing. No, Somebody it's dies, not. they're gone forever. There's a, there's a, you know emotions there that you will never have with the divorce. Well, and furthermore, there's there's another aspect to it which is that Jenny mentions she doesn't didn't want to leave her mom alone after their dad had left. Mm-hmm. So, you end up with this very enmeshed mother-daughter relationship with a young girl who's not branching out and spreading her wings and doing what she ought to be doing because she's busy taking care of her mom, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. to me is not ideal or healthy. And so uh, you, you, know, you know, the fallout, in other words, from that divorce had other ramifications, much different than a death. But I don't think, I think Hannah's quite blind to that. She's not recognizing at all that any of her neediness is harming her daughter in any way. Mm-hmm. No, she's not. Yeah, yeah, she's, I, I, I hate people like that. I just, every conversation it ends up being about them. That just mm-hmm. drives me yeah. crazy. And Hannah's definitely one of those people to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, And Ginny says that they're going to be... uh Spinning in the morning. Everybody's going spinning. <laughs> 6 a.m. Hell to the no. And the look on Claire's face is just <laughs> fabulous. Of horror, you know? <laughs> I, I think it's a quick enough see we can skip ahead to the fact that Ruth and Claire that morning get up and run for their lives. <laughs> That's adorable. That was that was hilarious. I hope they left a note, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so it's it's almost as if, like... They didn't get. They didn't get what. Well, Ruth didn't get what she expected out of that. But in the end, she got a bit of a bonding experience with Claire, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I asked, I also think that she saw that you know, just because their relationship's not the same as the their cousins doesn't mean it's a terrible thing. <laughs> Right. There's a moment when they're playing, yeah, they're playing Scrabble and they giggle over the same joke and the other two don't get it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was cute. It's great because you can see that they do have, you know, a a relationship there, something, Mm -hmm. you know, between them that it's, it's sweet. Very sweet. Uh, We got a little short scene with David talking to a naked Vivica and they basically talk, they basically compare sins. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, David said that his sin is is better because you know it's it's all about love. And Vivica says she loved every man she had <laughs> sex with while she was having sex with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her. I liked her a lot. She was fun. Yeah. She was fun. Yeah, yeah. She's a free spirit. That one definitely. <laughs> she also challenges um, David and says, "So you equate being a fag with being a whore?" Which I noted because I thought that was quite interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, asking that because obviously that's not actually her. That's him, right? Rejecting right. 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 is him saying it to himself. So I thought that was interesting that that's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that, that either one of them are so bad. Mm. Um. Well, I guess it all depends on. What you? <laughs> um, yeah, what you think? I mean, seriously, you know, though, uh, being gay, I don't think that is a sin at all. You know? Oh no, I, mean, I was more talking about being a whore. But being a whore, I don't, use, I don't think so either. Well, she wasn't. I mean, you know, if you, she wasn't just a, she wasn't really like you know a whore whore. But you know, I mean, yeah, she slept with a lot of guys for so, money and a snake. So, so <laughs> what? Is yeah. that that's what she wanted to do? She was entertaining people, you know. I mean, hey, on a motorcycle, on a, exactly. on a diving board with thirty exactly. guys. You, you got to admire that because she did a job that she loved, and you know, yeah. it was it was great. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so Nate and Brenda go out to breakfast and. Uh, Nate thanks her for breakfast and she says no thank you for finding my G spot this morning <laughs> I love that <laughs> so uh, yeah they're getting along much better and in fact Brenda gives him the key to her place and meanwhile Keith and David are outside and uh, Keith has actually changed his mind about the whole Deacon thing because he thinks that it's uh, he's closeting himself a little bit more now Give him a break. He's making baby steps, you know. He can't always, you know, 
it's David. He's not the kind of person to just jump forward. You know, he's got to take a little baby step here, a little mm-hmm. baby step there. You know, I mean, well, is he perhaps me. is he perhaps worried that um, it's going to cut into their time because Sunday was always their day, yeah. and now it's going to cut into their personal time together, and so maybe some of that is yeah. his fear that the relationship will dwindle because of it. So I don't know. It's not like selfish. It's not as though David is obviously out to the family, so it's not like Keith can come over really and stay at theirs and spend mm-hmm. any time with him like that. And obviously David spends a lot of time at work and at the, the Fisher's house, so, uh, you know, that probably is a, the only time that they actually have together during the week. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be tough. So David takes a little baby step right right then and there when uh, Nate comes out. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought that was very brave. Awesome. Yes. Really. Yes, it For was. For David to reach over and make, you could see him weighing it in his mind and then making the choice to take Keith's hand. And I thought, yes, way to go, Dave. Yep. That was good. And Nate, Nate, that was hilarious. He's just kind of flabbergasted. (laughs) Completely flustered. Yeah, and of course he's not, you know, obviously he's not, you know, freaked out or anything like, oh my God, that's horrible. But he's just so shocked because it was just (laughs) the furthest thing that he would ever think, I guess. And I love Brenda's reaction when she says, are you kidding me? Did you get a look at that guy? He's lucky. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was... Nate said, I think David is, David is gay. And she said, I think David is lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, so uh, Claire's confessed to Ruth. Now it's time for Ruth to confess to Claire. Um, she tells him about, tells her about Hiram and uh, she wants to have uh, an honest relationship. And uh, Claire thinks it's normal for her not to want to hang out with her mom as she used to. And stealing a foot is weird, but living in a house where a foot is available to be stolen is weird, too. (laughs) She's not wrong. (laughs) Um, We go uh, from David and Keith's happy place to David and Keith uh, at each other's throats out in the uh, parking lot because, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, David turns... Keith down for that damn ball again. He bails on him. I know he bails on him again. Yes, but you know, it's, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Keith. Okay. I think he's, uh, you know, he knows, he knows how David is, Mm -hmm. you know, he chooses to be with him. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you know, part of it as well with with Keith is that um, because obviously he's um, he's come out you know and he said that it sounds like he's been out for quite a while and he's had a very difficult time with it and it's very easy for him to forget what it is like not to be out and to be kind of like yeah you know you've done that now do this and you know for yeah. it to be a snowball when maybe David's not ready for that. And it's he's ironic. trying to change him too much, you know what I mean? Let him, he's doing it on his own. You know, I know it's not as fast as you would like, but you can't do it for him. You got to mm-hmm. let him do it. And in a previous episode, Keith actually said to David, you know, I've been through, I've been where you are and I know it takes time to get there or something like that. So it does seem uh, a little unfair that yeah. he's expecting it to be so instantaneous. Right. Yeah, Keith really isn't known on this show for his patience, and you'll get, get <laughs> yes. more of that. <laughs> hmm. um, Great. Yeah, so he calls him a coward, and uh, then we go to Brenda's, where uh, Nate gets to meet Billy. What do you guys think of Billy? Oh my Maybe, god! At least in this episode, I can't, can't, can't sneak in the next episode yet. But G- Gabby well, told me that um, that Brenda's brother was hot. So um, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god! You didn't say it was Jeremy Sisto. He is hot!" <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> I don't even know who the actor is. Who is this guy? I Jeremy just know Sisto was Elton from Clueless before this. <laughs> yes, yes, he was in Clueless. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was rolling with the homies. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought he inherited the family trait of putting somebody completely ill at ease and analyzing them and making them feel like a tiny ant. Yeah. Yes. I didn't like Billy at all. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, like you're probably wondering why there's a naked guy in a towel at your girlfriend's. And he's just like He was being a jerk. Yeah. A complete jerk. Just waiting for Nate to pop him, but Yeah. 
And then when he starts slapping himself as well. I'm her brother. I'm her father. (laughs) And he's just playing. Again, he's toying with them. So it's like, this is the family trait. Everybody in this, the China with family knows how to toy with people, apparently. Well, you know, I mean, that was an interesting upbringing for those children. Ah, You you know, it messed them up. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You can only blame things on your upbringing for so long, you know? Mm, I don't know. It was quite an upbringing because I'm sure that that had a lot of effect on him too. Mm-hmm. You know, not mm-hmm. just on – he was probably not given a lot of attention as a child. Well, he got lots of attention from his sister. Yes. Yes, he did. Huh. And and I'm a little worried about their relationship. Yes, so am I. But, uh, but... We'll talk about that next week. Indeed. <laughs> well, you like the tattoo? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. <laughs> you know, I looked at that and I thought, oh my god, that is just creepy. Are they like, do they have this inappropriate relationship? But then afterwards, I thought, well, maybe she identifies with Nathaniel in the book and he identifies with the girl character in the book, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not that my. You know, I have this tattoo on my back that, like, really associates with my brother. Well, you know? I think- it might have been um, the two of them bonding together to survive their childhood, kind of. Yes, but it's like in the still trenches, kind you know? of, you know, you would think she would get the tattoo of the girl's name and he would get the tattoo of the boy's name instead of getting, like, you know what I mean? Well, it's to me, just it's, like, it's like getting your girlfriend's name put on your, yes. on you. Yeah, you exactly. You wouldn't put, like, your own name. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what, yeah. that's what I thought it was very weird. Very so weird. it creeped me out a little bit. Very but then, like I said, maybe she identifies more with the male character. Like uh, maybe the male character in the book was the older one who took care of the younger sister or something. Mm-hmm. And that, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Unfortunately, that is not a real book. So we can't really research it. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. We'll have to just see how that plays out, won't we? Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> and next we get a, a really unforgettable wake. Uh, <laughs> With Rebecca. one of my favorite people, Sandra O. Oh. Sandra oh. oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that was so funny. She was <laughs> Who is billed as porn star. <laughs> porn starlet. Porn starlet, porn yeah. Starlet. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, she was, oh, my God, she was hilarious. She was so different <laughs> on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> And I love Larry Wad's speech about how the blowjob he got from her on the set of Dirty Larry 3 was like one of the best ever. You'll never forget it. So she was good at her job, too. (laughs) She was a fluffer. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I believe, what was it, last week we heard about the Lego lamb being the saving grace of uh, them. Now we have cans of cat food. Rico is a master. So you see, there's a purpose to cats, Robin. It's so ironic seeing she was killed by a cat. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, because it could have been cans of anything. It could have been mm-hmm. cans of, of peas, but that's funny. Oh, I'm I love sure that Rico's so said that I'm- excited. Yeah. <laughs> He's so excited. Cans to prop up the cans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, I love when Ruth kind of walks by and is like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Poor Ruth. They didn't even warn her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a little warning would have been nice. Um, and we get a little scene with uh, Claire recounting the whole uh, the the whole sleepover to uh, Gary, and uh, she says she wishes uh, she could help her mother out. So because yeah, her mom's so sad. Her mom was sad. Yeah. yeah. And then he says he says so help her so you know <laughs> do something. And she obviously wasn't thinking. Her mom's trying to bond with her. Well, there you go. Try well, I think she wasn't realizing she had any power to change it. Like, I think, right. you know, she didn't occur to her that she could actually impact her mom. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The way teenagers tend not to realize they can impact yeah. us, right? Then we get uh, David getting sworn in as a deacon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and imagining everybody naked yeah. as men. That was awesome. <laughs> Vilica there blowing him kisses. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, outside the church, Nate congratulates David and asks about Keith. And David flips out and says he's just a friend. And well, he just runs back in that closet, doesn't yeah. he? Slams yeah. the door, locks it, throws away the key for a while. That's sad. <sighs> we get a little, uh, a little moment for Claire and Ruth, where Claire asks her if she wants to see a movie, and if you cry, it's it's all <laughs> off. 
<laughs> and that's that's such a Fisher family dynamic. It's quite endearing, right? Yeah. You know, you, they're never completely mushy. They have to be a little bit more uh, whatever. Well, also, she's a office. teenager. You yeah, know? I mean. it was cute. <laughs> but there's her making her effort, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, nice. she is. Yeah. And then uh, Brenda, of course, being the star that she is, ends off this episode, leaving us with a WTF on our face. Uh, mm. Do you guys have that quote I don't at all? Well, they're... the one about re- about religion or yeah. something about yeah. believing in God, right? Yeah. And just thinking, but what's her line? She, um, uh, about... Nate, Nate actually admits that he kind of believes in some sort of creator, and um, she says, "It's all just totally random. We live, we die. Ultimately, it means nothing." And he asks, how can you live like that? And she's like, I don't know. Sometimes I wake up so fucking empty, I wish I'd never been born. But what to, what choice do I have? <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, and I'm still holding back on, I don't have the Brenda Love going. I'm still mm-hmm. holding back I, going. I don't so is that another line her, or what? I don't but I don't hate her. I don't. I, I understand her more. She makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah, um, sure, because they've shown us some of the motivation, but I'm just... And, yeah, as, and as, I can, as This episode, I'm still very much looking at her going, well, prove your worth to me, sweetie. <laughs> Claire, are you so. a Brenda fan? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking that um, without obviously going into spoilers, yeah. this is, I think this is one of those shows that every main character in it, at some point watching it, I have absolutely loved and I've absolutely hated mm. um, <laughs> sometimes not in that order you know and I've just watched it and gone oh what are you doing oh. but you know and I love that because that makes them it's like you know it's like life Pe- people are like that and um, it makes the characters much more realistic I think and much more interesting to watch yeah. so uh-huh. yeah I am yeah I like Brenda cool alright well with that let's get into our Fisher of the Week so, uh, Claire, do you want to start us off? Um, I'm going to go with David. Um, he is my favorite character in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, and when I rewatched this episode, you know, he does make some steps forward and I do kind of feel proud of him. Um, unfortunately, he goes back at the end, but, yeah, he's doing some steps forward. And so, yeah, right. David. All right, well... Um... Let's see. I wonder if Des is going to mute herself again. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> <laughs> more, more. I didn't know how loud that was. I'm sorry. Very loud. What was that? Unfortunately, we, we have jets. We've had some jets oh. flying around lately, and sometimes they're so loud I have to mute the TV because I can't hear it. Oh. Um, like the Blue Angels and stuff like that. Well, you sound a little more clear now. You want to tell us who your Fisher of the Week is? Yes, my Fisher of the Week this week is Claire because um, she, you know, Ruth trying to bond with her and at first she didn't get it. But then she kind of just realized that her mom, you know, is sad and grieving and, and she wants to help out. And so she's making steps to help her mom out, which for a 17-year-old, you know, that's, you know, something that yeah. they don't do a lot. They're, they're pretty self-absorbed at that age. And I, I like that she's trying to reach out and help her mom. Mm-hmm. And Moira? Um, my Fisher this week is Ruth, actually. Okay. Um, I think because she tries so hard to find a bridge to Claire, and that even though she gets rebuffed a bit at the beginning, she sticks with it. Um, and her attempt to show that mother-daughter picture postcard life, she she recognizes how it goes awry, and she helps her daughter to escape <laughs> the saccharine prison, <laughs> which I thought was a fabulous bonding moment yeah. for them. So I um, I think Ruth trying to find her way back to knowing her daughter is quite endearing to me. So that's why I picked her. Uh, that was my other choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick Claire because uh, this is her first podcast that she's guested on. <laughs> 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 she's not a fisher <laughs> wait a minute i was getting about claire's confused uh yeah i'm gonna give it to uh claire fisher uh for getting past her angst and uh showing showing ruth some love um so that's it for fisher of the week let's get on to listener eulogies mm. um so which one of you has the you do this one Moira. i'll do the next one next episode this- 
One second, I have to click on the correct Because I wasn't okay. ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh -huh. we have, we have uh, an email from Steph Smith. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, woohoo! Mm -hmm. She says, hey, FisherCast, I'm restraining myself from mainlining the episodes to keep the pace of the podcast. I just want you guys to know how difficult this is for me. I love this show. Here's a couple of things that stand out to me in this episode. Keith makes me so mad. Why does he have to push David? Why yeah. could he just be happy that David came out to his brother? Then he yeah. has to go and put, push the church issue. I think Des has been feeding Steph. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we agree on things. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. Then she says, I do like that we're seeing a gay Christian on TV. Interesting. Um, Francis Conroy and Lauren Ambrose do look a lot alike, especially when they both wear their hair down. By the way, did you see how gorgeous Lauren looked in that red getup in Torchwood this week? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, I she did. <laughs> this is okay. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you, Steph. I think that's yes, one of the reasons I decided to start watching Torchwood. Well, I have to. I'm doing Doctor Who first, you know, until I get to yeah. the point where I can start tor Torchwood. After season two of Doctor Who is when Torchwood starts. Yeah, that's when I get it lined up. But I'm. Yeah, I heard Lauren Ambrose is going to be on Torchwood, and I was like, She looks good. Um, Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks real good. But um, I wanted to say about uh, Steph mentioned like uh, Ruth with her hair down. She should wear her hair down more often. I think so she too. Younger, she doesn't looks, she? Yeah, she was pretty <sighs> with her hair down. Yeah, she does. Much softer and younger. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, on the Facebook group, we have a little feedback about our podcast on the foot from Missy. Um, she says, I have my own six little six degrees of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that I like inflicting on people, LOL. <laughs> um, Footloose playing at the end was hilarious, not only for the foot connection in the app, but also because of my first point. Uh, is there a Buffy the Vampire selection connection to Footloose? I have no idea. All right. Uh, uh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, it might be controversial, but I've never liked Ruth and suspect I never will. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. Wow. That's... I'm not skipping ahead. I promised myself I wouldn't. So if that's all, if it's at all possible to maybe I don't release a new podcast every day, it would be much appreciated. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I think she wants me to release them quicker or something. <laughs> I think so. I think she wants them daily. She wants daily doses. <laughs> yeah, we have no live. Why? Yeah, let's yeah, stay sure, up tonight. Sure. I love it. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our last rights. So let's start with our guest, Claire. What 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 did you think of this episode? In and uh, what rating do you give it? Um, I re I really like this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I it's it's one of the ones that sort of sticks out in my mind I think most from season season one um particularly with um the the um opening death is always one that I remember um <laughs> as well as the uh the dome machine one from um uh episode three I think it was yeah. um so I really like this one it's um it's definitely kind of more of a David episode and that's probably why I like it because as I've mentioned he is my favorite character mm -hmm. um I will give it Eight homicidal kitties out of ten. <laughs> uh, uh, Des? Um, I like this episode, too. Uh, I enjoyed the um, Ruth and Claire stuff, trying to bond, and um, I enjoyed that. I like that David you know, came out to Nate, and I really liked getting more information on Brenda, plus Jeremy Sisto's hot. So I'm going to give this... Eight out of ten fuck puppets. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best line in the whole episode. <laughs> Funny. <Yeah. sighs> okay, I um, I really quite enjoyed it too. And it, as much as I'm, I know I keep dissing on Brenda, but it it gave me hope. Um, once we learned her backstory, that uh, she would become more genuine and we'd get to see some growth there. So that made me feel kind of happy. And, and that she was um, opening up to Nate in a much more real and genuine kind of way. So I liked that. I loved the Ruth-Claire bond the best, I think, of, mm -hmm. uh, of the whole part of the episode. That really touched me the most, um, to see both of them trying so hard to make a, a positive relationship together. I, I love that. So I would give it... Um, Eight out of ten 
let's see, cockeyed breasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I... I definitely enjoyed this episode as usual. Um, I guess I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite of the season, um, but uh, so I'm going to give it a, a eight out of ten um, lists of things to thank God for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let's okay. I guess we're going to bury this episode. All right. You can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Uh, leave a voicemail at one five four one two embalm, and visit us on Facebook. Or you can email email us. Sorry, at fishercast one at gmail dot com. Send us an email if you would like to give us some feedback. We'd love to hear what you think, or if you would like to guest for an episode. Absolutely, and it's fun. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for coming on to our podcast. We got we got you slotted for next week as well. Yay. Wink, wink. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm really <laughs> happy to be here. And is there any anything you want to plug while you're on this podcast? Um, I will be guest hosting on the Twin Peaks um, podcast in a few weeks for episode uh, 15. Nice. Um, and apart from that, you can visit my Etsy store because I'm an artist as well. And it's... Oh. Uh, what is it? It's www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Mayafire, M-A-I-A-F-I-R-E. Nice buy enough. stuff. <laughs> I'll make sure to throw that in our show. I need to buy more pens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm going to ask this time, Robin, where can we find you? Oh. Uh, <laughs> For a change. Find me on Twitter, RobinMJ. We can go to the podcast, uh, MediaJunkyard.com, MovieSnobbery.com, and this one, of course. <sighs> Okay. Desiree, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on What's On With Stefan Des, my TV podcast. You can find me on Nonsense Cast, which is my dirty podcast. Uh, and you can find me here with you guys. Yeah, and, and you can find me here because this is where I live on the web. <laughs> I have no other home. <laughs> uh, we'll take you in, Moira. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is The Room. As for an open book, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. dust, to dust. dust. Um, are we out? Now we are. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, bye. It quickens, it thickens, you can't put it down now It takes you, it shakes you, it makes you lose your thought But you're caught in your own glory You are believing your own stories Writing your own headlines, ignoring your own deadlines But now you've gotta write them Contractions.